Welcome to the Grace Capital City Podcast. We are a community of Jesus followers located in Washington, D.C., working to see God's kingdom come through worship, family, and justice. For more information about our church, go to gracecapitalcity.com. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Can we give it up for our worship team one more time? Love these guys. We are um, starting a, a summer series as well as it being Pentecost tonight. We, we're starting this summer series called The Book of Twelve. I think we might, do we have a slide for that, Brian? There it is, The Book of Twelve. And this is a, a series we're gonna be doing through the months of June and July. And we're doing it in cooperation with the whole Grace family of churches. So if, if you're just new to the church, you may not realize we are part of a family of churches. We were planted by one of the Grace churches, Grace Midtown, which is in downtown Atlanta. Myself, Jessica, a team of us moved up to plant this church and uh, the church was launched in 2016. But there are 10 Grace churches. We're not a, we're not a franchise. We're not the McDonald's of churches. We're, uh, we're not campuses. We don't video screen, you know, services in or anything like that. We're a family. We're brothers and sisters. And that means all the churches look different and they they act differently. But we have some really shared DNA and some shared values and some shared um, theology and practices that we enter into. And every now and then, not always, but every now and then we'll join in and, and do a series together. And so we just felt like the summer was a good time to do that. And so it's called the Book of 12 and it's going to be a journey through the Minor Prophets where all of us spend all our morning devotional time, right? Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Who was in that this morning? Come on. That's where we're gonna be. And uh, the reason we're calling this series the Book of Twelve, there are 12 of these prophetic writings, obviously. We don't have 12 messages, so we're not gonna get through all of them is because this was actually the name that the Jewish communities would call this collection of prophetic texts. Um, All of them were written between the 8th century, 4th century BC. Um, These are in the Christian Old Testament, obviously. And there is just incredible revelation in all of them. And so I'm really excited about it. And so tonight, um, given it's Pentecost, there's no better minor prophet to begin with than the prophet Joel, right? Because way back in the 8th century, 8th century BC, not AD, 800 years before it would happen, the prophet Joel prophesied, he foretold that there would be this day, that the day of Pentecost would come. And so it's this beautiful kind of joining together that God's story and God's purposes have always been consistent that he's been writing a story. He's not coming up with new ideas on the fly, right? God hasn't been startled by anything that has happened. And he's had a plan. He's had a purpose. And, and I think reading the prophetic text, we start to see the purposes of God unfold. And so let, let me just read just a few verses from, from the prophet Joel. And there are verses no doubt you're familiar with. They're verses that are echoed in the book of Acts. But Joel chapter 2, just verses 28 and 29 It says, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. 
Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, these days. And this is, this is a big deal, the spirit to be poured out on all people, right? That this was not just about the priests, this was not just about royalty, right? This wasn't just about preachers somewhere, right? This was about taking a spectator sport and making it a priesthood of all believers where all of a sudden everyone was invited in. This was an absolute game changer. This prophecy for what people believed about God and what they believed their role and their, their invitation to approach God would be. And, and there's a whole journey we could do about how Israel would approach God, right? From from, from Mount Sinai and Moses up there to, to the tabernacle and the tent of meeting and the temple and all these different ways that Israel would approach God. But ultimately, it all culminated on the day of Pentecost. It all culminated in Joel saying, it's not always gonna be like this. There's not gonna be a holy of holies. In fact, there is gonna be a holy of holies, but there's gonna be a room full of holy of holies, right? And he says, he says your sons and your daughters will prophesy You'll speak to them and, and you'll speak through them, right? And guess what? Not just the guys, but the girls as well. So that means if you're only listening to guys, you're only hearing half of what God has to say. Can I get an amen? It says, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions, which I, I always thought, it's like, I want dreams and visions. Well, guess what? You can have dreams and visions. This isn't about that, you know, that young people don't dream dreams anymore or that old people don't see visions anymore. This is, this is painting the picture that it doesn't matter if you are old or if you're young, if you are a man or if you're a woman, God is calling you in and he wants to speak to you and he wants to speak through you. This is not a spectator sport, friends. We don't come here to watch the professionals. It's the priesthood of all believers. And at Pentecost, God took what had been just for an anointed few and he gave it to all who would call Jesus Lord, right? Tongues of fire. So tonight, what we're actually going to do is rather than me teach on Pentecost, I thought this would be a really beautiful opportunity to hear a Pentecost story, a Pentecost testimony, and, and maybe a Pentecost testimony in a way we wouldn't expect, but if you've been around this church for a while, you, you know Anya Johnson. If you're new to the church, which many of us are, then you may not have met Anya yet because she hasn't been worshiping, at least physically, with us. But Anya has been a big part of this church for five years, okay? And she has been leading our prayer and prophetic ministry and just carries an anointing, a passion, a vigor in her life to help people hear God's voice. And that's what I love about Anya, right, is she hears God's voice as well as anyone, but it's not enough for her to just hear God's voice. She wants you to hear God's voice because that's the game changer, right? Someone can get a word for you. That's amazing. I always want to receive a word. But when, I get, when God gives me a word, okay, then things start to shift. And that's what I love about Anya's leadership. But Anya has, has walked through a lot. She's had some pretty major surgery that she'll, she'll talk about, um, which is why she hasn't been with us physically. But Anya and I connected a couple of weeks ago, and we just thought Pentecost was a great chance for her to share some of her story, some of the revelations, some of the things she's walked through, and I think it just ties in beautifully 
to where we are as a church, especially on this day. Can we just honor Anya as she comes to the world? Um, I want you to know I'm not purposely showing this off today. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, I've had heart surgery, which I'm going to talk to you about. But um, this, this scar, which is much longer, um, certain fabrics irritate it. So this was not my first outfit today. <laughs> so it's actually better. But here's what I want to tell you about this scar. I call it my war wound. And I believe me, I feel like I've earned it. But what's funny to me about it is that I learned a few years ago that this part of your body, this, your skin is the thinnest, which is why you wrinkle there first as you get older. <laughs> so I have not enjoyed that for the last several years. <laughs> so I'm like, good, I have a scar now to detract <laughs> from. And I'm like, maybe it tightened up my skin. Who knows? Um, but before I really get into what I want to share with you, I, it's very important to me today to say thank you. I did not realize how much of a family GCC was for me until this happened. And because of GCC, I don't even know who everybody is that gave money and gave other things. But I have food in my fridge because of GCC. I have chimes in my yard. I had prescriptions paid for. And it's I mean, it's medical bills. It, there's been money that has come to me, and I, the list is endless. So all I can say is, again, I don't know who you all are, but thank you. I don't even have words to say what that means to me because I don't think I really comprehended what this kind of, well, this family is generous. Chris says it all the time, but I got to witness it personally, and I'm still witnessing it, so thank you. <laughs> Thanks. So, y'all, over the last few years, when I've had my annual physical, I always talk to my doctor about the heart history in my family because both my mother and my grandfather had heart disease. So she's been very consistent with giving me EKGs, which always come back normal. But two years ago, she said to me, there is a new test out called calcium CT scan that can show you the plaque that builds up in your arteries. Now, I'm not thinking I have plaque in my arteries, but I was aware that my cholesterol and my blood pressure seemed to be escalating every year. So, but she said to me, you need to know that when you have this scan, it's actually radiation on your heart. And I'm like, no way, I'm not exposing my heart to radiation. But last year, because my numbers kept increasing, I thought, what the heck? Still not imagining anything. Well, let's just say my cardiologist, when he saw my score, well, actually, my general physician sent me a message. I still have it. She just said, I'm shocked. And I was shocked, too, when I understood what the score meant. He said, out of 100 women, you are, like, number four. And I immediately got put on a restricted diet. And... He, he's, anyway, he scheduled me for a stress test, which I flunked. <laughs> and then I got scheduled for what's called an invasive angiogram, which is where they stick a needle in your wrist and run it up to your heart. And that shows what exactly is going on with your arteries. 
Well, when I was in recovery, this cardio surgeon showed up, and he was pretty straightforward. <laughs> he just looked at me, and I was so glad I had a mask on. He just said, do you need um, heart bypass? And I, I seriously went into shock, because I thought, uh, my mother had this, but I'm younger than her when she had hers. And I, just, I, I seriously did not believe it. He told me later that he told me I needed quadruple. I swore he told me triple, but I had quadruple. <laughs> so I said to him, when do I have to do this? And, or when do you want to do? I didn't say, when do I have to? He just said, two to three weeks. And I said to him, this is right when Hearing God class was starting here, y'all. And I said, I am in charge of this class at my church, and I'm not missing it. I had been building toward this for years. I was so excited about it. And because I shared that with him, two things happened. One is I found out he was a Christian and a prayer warrior. And that man, for the next several weeks, prayed with me more than once. I mean, who has a doctor that prays with you very boldly? And the other one was is that he said to me, um, I just said, I want to wait if I can. And he said, yes, that we could. What he didn't tell me, and I seriously just found this out, I'd heard rumors, but I verified it. I said to him just about a month ago, I said, exactly how clogged were my arteries? He said, well, one of your arteries was 90% blocked. Another one was 70 to 80% blocked. And the rest of them were 40 to 50. And I said, why did you let me not have to have surgery right away? And he said, because you seemed fine. And I thought, I said, was I a walking heart attack? He goes, yep. <laughs> so I want you to know through the whole hearing God class, every time I stood up here, I was a walking heart attack. But what I want you to hear from that is that I heard Holy Spirit to follow through with that test. And it saved my life. So then I go into the hospital for five weeks, you all. I was in the hospital. I was in ER. I was in rehab. I was in another hospital. I went through AFib, which I, I think I understand it now. Um, but it's been settled. I, I gained 15 to 20 pounds in fluid, which is gone, except for this ankle. <laughs> Still has fluid. I got infections. But you all, the whole five weeks... I was like this, totally peaceful, totally peaceful. But I had no interest in listening to messages and listening to worship music and reading. I never even prayed except one day. And I said to the Lord, I'm so sorry, I haven't talked to you. And I heard him immediately. He said, Anya, don't worry about it. You and I have history. He said, you've been stewarding your relationship with me for years. You're fine. Don't worry about it. So the peace continued until I went home. Because when you're in the hospital, you are monitored 24-7. There's always somebody hanging out. Well, I went home, and who's there to monitor me but me? Y'all, I'm a pretty calm person. You all have heard how much I love doing declarations. I love to pray. I have lived in so much fear over the past several weeks. It's not even funny. And I've done, the, I've done everything. You name it, I've done it under the sun. <laughs> Finally, again, Holy Spirit broke through and said to me, Anya, medical professionals 
Obviously you have wisdom. But of course they're telling you, watch out for blood clots, watch out for strokes, watch out for this. But he said, you need to hear my voice above their voice. And he said, the other reason why you're going through so much fear is because you think you're alone. Because every time something quirky happened to me, because y'all, when they do heart surgery, I didn't know this, they cut your sternum. So my sternum is still healing. <laughs> and so it has spasms, which I didn't know this till seriously this past week. That Because we I was like, what is that? Am I having a heart attack? I mean, it's, imag- it's, it's amazing where your imagination goes. So I realized when you're in fear, you lose hope. So I'm still in the middle of that battle, but I'm, it's, it's, it's going to be one. It has been. I'm not giving up. So the third thing I want to share with you that to me is one of the most incredible stories about this heart surgery is that when I learned, because it's genetic, what I have. And even though I have eaten healthy, it still hit me. So I thought, this means the rest of my family, they have the same genes. And I heard Holy Spirit say to me, Anya, I'm going to save your family through what you're experiencing. Well, I'm one of nine siblings. Most of my siblings don't talk to each other because of family um, trauma and also drama. But I knew there was ways, so they don't, again, they don't talk to each other, but I knew there was creative ways to get in touch with all of them, and I just encouraged them to take this test. Y'all, as of this date, four of them have followed through. Three of them also had high scores, but they caught theirs in time. In fact, one of my brothers had veins that were already forming around his clogged arteries. I'm like, no fair. Um, um, But my oldest brother, they discovered he actually had plaque on his brain. And he'd had a stroke and didn't know it. I mean, I almost burst into tears at that one because I just thought, Jesus, you really meant it when you said you're going to save my family. That my brothers, because I mostly have brothers, are going to live to see the other day because I don't like what I've had to go through. It's very disturbing. (laughs) But if it saves my family so they get to live longer because they all have children, I'm, yeah. God really does work things together for good. So what I want to leave you with before we go, we're going to have this incredible ministry time today, you all, and that is back in 1970, when I was a junior in college, so you just all got the information now on how old I am. Everybody's been wondering. <laughs> Do the math. <laughs> I got involved with this Christian organization that, where I learned about Holy Spirit. Now, I knew about Jesus, but I'd never heard of Holy Spirit. And I learned that he came. You can read this in John 14, 15, and 16. He came to empower your lives. Many more reasons, but y'all, I was so excited when I found that out that I didn't have to live life on my own. I threw myself into that with Holy Spirit. Y'all, within two years, my life was so transformed, people did not recognize me, including my own father. He, He literally walked up to me one day and said, where did you get that personality? (laughs) 
And I knew what he was talking about. It wasn't just my personality. It was my whole person. I have never turned back from wanting that transformation continued and and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because here's what, you all. When you let Holy Spirit empower you, you become the real you who God created. You want Holy Spirit to govern, and yeah, your life. So today, we're going to divide. We're going to have the whole prayer team is here today from GCC, which I'm so excited about. So there's going to be six teams. We're going to spread out around the sanctuary. And here's what I want to encourage you about. First of all, I know you don't know everybody on the prayer team. But I asked every one of them today to ask Holy Spirit what they had uniquely to impart to you. You all, if you'd heard what I heard, you'd want to go to every one of them for prayer. I'm serious. And so what I want to encourage you today is if you have a need, like the fear that I'm walking through and other things, do come. But here's what I want you also to know. Come for a blessing. You do not have to have a need to be prayed over. We're going to all have oil. Oil represents Holy Spirit. So come and be blessed. So we're going to have ministry time now, and then we'll have more after the worship. But um, Catherine and Adam, will you come up here for just a second? I want to use them as an example. They're going to be praying over people today. When I say to you that everybody on the prayer team has something unique to impart to you, here's an example. Adam gave me permission. He struggles with an autoimmune disease that he's had for some time. He's been in the hospital. A lot has happened to him. You can imagine when you have an autoimmune disease, a lot is coming against you. He's going for healing. He hasn't given up. But Adam has had to grow in a lot of areas of his life with faith and hope and hanging in there. Adam has that to impart to you. Even though the healing has not been complete yet, he still has a relationship with God that's been cultivated that he can impart to you. That's what it's, what it's like when you come up to us for prayer. So I'm going to ask the prayer team if you'll go ahead and take your stations. There'll be three teams up here, and there'll be three teams in the back. So just come as you feel led. Okay, <laughs> so there's two, te- there's three teams back here, y'all, and there's three teams up here, and I'll be over there in that corner. So, thank you.